this podcast is for educational or entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not to be a substitute for seeking mental health therapy, mental health treatment if necessary. If you or your loved one is in need of mental health services, please call 911. Please contact your mobile crisis. For those outside of the U.S., please contact your emergency services or go to your nearest hospital. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Hello, social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents. Welcome to another episode of Season 6 of the Social Work Rants Podcast. I'm your host, Bash Moreno. Saludos a todos. Greetings, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, tapping in wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast. I appreciate all the love and support. Uh, make sure you continue to follow the podcast on, on all social media outlets, on, on Instagram at the Social Work Rants Podcast. That is all one word on on Twitter at Social Work Rants, uh, in Facebook, aka Meta, type in the Social Work Rants right. podcast. Right. Uh, hit the like button. Um, and of course, on YouTube, hit the rest subscribe button on all audio platforms. Make sure you uh, rate the podcast, comment, uh, share, uh, hit the like button on, on YouTube, all, all that all that good stuff. Uh, gracias a todos por su apoyo. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by. Her Technologies Incorporated for all uh, private practitioners out there who still haven't done your taxes. Herd is a great way to save you time with doing your taxes. They do payroll. If you got your private practice with, with staff, they help you with the, the payroll. They save at least up to $5,000, even probably more than that on taxes. They do all that administrative stuff that you don't have to do and, and you could schedule more clients uh, and, let, and let them do the, the payroll. So join her.com is the, the website. Uh, check them out as a resource. You know, we all about sharing resources and new ideas and take it outside the box on, on, on the podcast. And also make sure you check out uh, my both my books. First, my poetry book, Trying Through Pain, How to Maximize your full potential during hard times uh, is out on Amazon and also um, the co-author of the Amazon number one bestseller Latinx and Social Work Volume 2. Uh, you should check that out. And speaking of Latinx and Social Work Volume 2, make sure you check, uh, must check me out in the Latinx and Social Work Author Talk on March 30th. I'll put the link in the show notes um, uh, sponsored by the uh, New York uh, state uh, chapter of the NASW and, and NYU. So it was a lot of NYU connection regarding that. So uh, definitely looking forward to doing that talk. So definitely tune in tap, and tap in on, on regarding that. And um, speaking of tuning in and, tap, and tapping in, um, I'm, as you many of you know, I moved to, to Delaware and I'm, I'm learning and try to 
see all these schools, uh, these social work schools that are, especially in Mar my, my neighboring state of Maryland and a bunch of social workers. Uh, and I had the pleasure of meeting a bunch of social workers in the Maryland area uh, recently. And one of the amazing social workers who I had the pleasure of meeting and connecting is if you're not following this lovely young young lady, you're like messing out because she's killing it on, on social media and got got the planner out, got got the dope merch that I'm about to ask where where she got it from. So like I can take notes because now I'm trying to upgrade my my merch game for the, for the podcast merch and, and my other merch that, that I'm trying to relaunch. So, uh, Krisha, how you doing? Doing good. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no, no problem. No, I appreciate no you taking the time out of your busy schedule to to come on and just recording on a Friday night. It could be doing <laughs> any other things or or something simple as just resting. <laughs> just right, St. Patrick's Day. I I would have had my St. Patrick's Day hat on, but like when I by the time this episode airs, I'd be like, why he got to say the hat on? <laughs> <laughs> so for for those who who don't know who you are, let let people know what you do in this uh, interesting, fascinating field of social work. All right, so guys, my name is Lucretia Stewart, and I'm the owner of Bull Black Social Worker. Um, I created Bull Black Social Worker in 2023 um, to basically create a safe space for social workers of color in the DMV area. And so I provide um, clinical supervision for social workers in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And then I also provide career consulting to help DMV social workers find jobs, social work positions in non-social work settings. How how did you get get into into doing that? So for me, um, I remember getting my license and how difficult it was to find a clinical supervisor. Um, the positions that I held were so fast paced that the jobs were like we can't provide it because it's not enough time in the day. So I had to find an outside supervisor, and that was very hard, very expensive. Uh, very daunting process. So um, I wanted to, when I was able to provide clinical supervision, I wanted to make sure that I can be able to, you know, provide fun, innovative, um, and su supervision for a lower for a lower cost. So I make sure that I remain affordable um, and accessible to social workers in the area. No, that that's good, and it's you know. You no, know, the DMV area is just rich, just with rich in just history, um, American history, and just culture. You know, this uh, is where the money is. So, not and meeting so so many people and like getting to know all the all the, these different schools social work schools that I didn't realize there were like so many just so the, many the, the DMV area alone that was like oh snap so it was like but I'm trying to get you know tap into these schools little, little by little so uh, um, not too far yeah not not too far I'm willing to drive and just right off right off my mileage <laughs> at the end of the year <laughs> so uh how do you come up with the, with the name of your the the, the boat Bold social worker. <laughs> Bold black social worker. So I just, yes. you know, I thought 
I just thought it fit me. And I thought it mm. fit so many other of my colleagues. Uh, we're bold, we're social agents, social change agents. Yes. And I feel like um, in order to really take over the field, we have to be bold and innovative and different. And um, that just describes me as a social worker and it describes so many others. So I just thought it was a really fitting name for my brand and something that I wanted to kind of instill in other social workers of color. No, that that's beautiful. I, I, I love it, and especially in these times that that we in, that is just uh, the mm-hmm. craziness that that we in, and those yeah. some of what, what we've seen. I'm sure you've seen. I've definitely seen in in in, in social work about. You no, know, we got you know, we got social workers who who voted for Asian Orange. <laughs> I know a few. I had a colleague of mine who was a Trump lover. I was like, whoa! Oh, and I don't understand, but you know, I had to respect it. I had to give her her, her props. She's staying 10 toes behind. I don't know how as a social worker, but just don't, it don't make sense because it does not. It does not, but you know, you got to respect everyone's differences. <laughs> Because he, he gave us more work to do. It's like you, you cut, cutting people's food stamps to 2017 and, and all this craziness every day. It's like every day he did something. It was like. It alone was <laughs> alone was absolutely crazy. Oh, just imagine another four years with that one. <laughs> I literally started a new job like two, two days in and when the insurrection happened, I was like. What is going on? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't need. We don't need him. I don't understand why he's even running. He's like already got impeached twice, and he got all Ego. indictments pending. <laughs> that that, uh, that narcissistic uh, personality ish, you know, evaluation that he got a couple years ago that he ignores. <laughs> so. He ignores everything. <laughs> a little bit, you know. We're not gonna talk about him too, too bad today. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> no, for, but but it's just like all all the things, different things that that that's you know been happening, and then the NASW NASW you no know, messing up on online and, and like blocking people for, for no reason, and and they. they uh, the the missteps on social media that they doing and yeah they need some they need somebody to really take over they need somebody <laughs> to really 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 take over the exam I mean take over their page because yes <laughs> and it's like it's so crazy because we're not we're not letting up as social workers we are hitting them hard this is what yes. we this is what we live for we live for social change and they know that the test is very biased so. They they hate it, but we we're not gonna let up. This is something that we're not gonna let up in the future. So we just gonna keep fighting to the nail to for you know for some equality and 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 more equitable standards when it came to, comes to the exam. So right, but with the 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 ASWB like with the no, which is which is let. let no, we had the event. I had the pleasure, of, you know, meeting you, you no, know, recently, and you no, know, we had the conversation of the ASWB, and and I was surprised that most of the people there did not want to abolish the exam. Um, I don't know 
don't either. I don't think that we should abolish the exam. I think that the exam should be changed. Um, the reason why I don't is just because, you know, how do I just don't understand or know how we could be, how we could remain a protected profession um, without accredited, a, a, accredited a body, body, a credit, no. Accredited, accredited, accredited body, right. yes, yes. <laughs> I don't want to say. Well, that's how, well, that's you know, why we, that's, that's why, why we want to. That's why we go to get our MSWs and have the uh, CS, the accredited body, whatever they they call like. Mm -hmm. CWSE, CWSE. Yeah, so something like something like that. That that you never hear from them <laughs> after right. you graduate. Right. Right. But um, wouldn't that be enough? Like you just get your MSW and give you like a like a generic license to start? So I think that it's, it's just very hard to just distinguish us from others. If we take away the exam, anybody would be able to call themselves a social worker, you know? And it just, I want, to, like in Maryland, we're a protected state. For title protected state, meaning like no one, if you don't have your license, you can't call yourself a social worker at all. So it's like, you know, it 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 helps us financially, in my opinion, to be able to maintain that accrediting body. It, it gives us more money. Like you get way more money as a licensed social worker if you're licensed versus unlicensed. Um it's just hard. It's a tough decision. I think that the test is extremely biased and I think yeah. that it's, it's written, you know, very poorly, but I think the exam should be changed to be more equitable versus doing away with it because every other helping profession has to have a, a standardized exam. Nurses, doctors, CNAs, pharmacists, Lawyers, you lawyers, name it, you name it. <laughs> name it, you got it, man. You know, marriage and family counselors, LPCs, we all have to have, like like I said, an accredited body. So it's just, it's just difficult. But like I talked about at the brunch is that the exam needs to be changed. Some things need to be changed on the, the application process for the exam. The fees need to be changed. Um, it's certain it's a, it's several different ways to make the exam more equitable for everybody. And I think that once they make those changes, I think that you'll see a, a, a huge difference in how many people are passing and, um, you know, how many people are actually um, being more are more successful with the exam. A lot of people don't want to do away with it. I mean, I don't want to do away with it, but it definitely needs to be changed. Yeah, because I know, um, like even like in 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 Delaware, like I I already seen like because like I got grandfathered in, but at least I had a, a MSW. Like I actually went to social work school, so it's like, but I've had like coworkers who are not MSWs calling themselves social workers, and they got grandfathered in, so it was like. Oh. And like that, like Delaware, like you, like if you go to school, get your bachelor's, you gotta like, you gotta take the exam. So it's like you gotta take the exam like three different times. Different times, which and that's another thing that I wish that we could do. I wish that 
every state had the same rules and regulations. Like, you know, every state you you have the same letters, the same credentials, you know, the same process. It's just, it, it makes it so cumbersome when it's so many different different legislations like Virginia you can do this Delaware you can do this Maryland you can do this if we can all just be the same thing um it would just make things so much easier like if the same goes across the board like similar to like how nursing is how nursing like you're a registered nurse so you have yeah. to have this this and this and every state abides by it yeah. it's, you know it's just it's it's so um ambiguous against all 50 51 states and it's just it gets like i said cumbersome yeah it, yeah it really does and, and having conversations with other social workers and seeing that the the letters and, and like i know i know like maryland got the like the there's the a dad. g the g and and the m's and we could just all one really, just, just adding letters in the alphabet <laughs> after the l <laughs> Yeah. So, you know it's a it, it's just uh it's just interesting and it's just uh stuff that that we go go through and it's kind of like unnecessary like going because when you want to move to another state now you got like and you can't if you can't transfer like your license and you got to like pay for the exam again in another state over and over and so expensive yes it's it is so expensive and you know, there's different ways to make the exam more equitable, right? There's different ways to do it. You know, changing the types of questions or changing the test questions that they're asking. Because the thing about the this test versus others is that our test is is it's very ambiguous, right? It's like no one right answer. It's no black and white. It's literally, you know, you could do this. And you could do that, you know. So it's like for us as brown people, the the same ways that the ways that we will take action with the case or with a client in an emergency or anything may not be the same way that you know our white counterparts will be doing the same thing. Right. So if they're you know writing the exam, that is their version of what is right versus our version of what is right. right. So if we have more black and brown test creators, that'll make a huge difference in what we're doing and, you know, the, the passing rate. Also think that, you know, if the if we fail by a certain amount of points, we shouldn't have to wait 90 days to take the exam again. It should be, you know, we could be able to take the exam, you know, within however many times, you know, because it's like when it's fresh in our mind. Yes, exactly. It, it, it can, you know, it's like, all right, I can do it. You know, I have that motivation. But when you got to wait 90 days. Yeah. It's like discouraging. It's like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore. Da, 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 da. Then, you know, a lot of people that I know, they failed the exam by one point And then 90 mm. days, they failed by like 10. Yeah. What I'm saying? So it's just, it's so many different ways to make the exam more equitable for everybody. They just need to be more open to what the suggestions that we have, like the retake fees. The retake fees are just as much every time you take the exam. That's discouraging. We don't make yes, exactly. thousands of dollars a month. Like, you know, we, you know, most people are very, are, are living modestly. So it's like, you know, if you have to pay $300 every time you take the exam, that's expensive. Yeah. 
that is very expensive. There's so many different ways to make the this whole entire process better. It's just, we just have to do it and get it done. Not yet, because... They, they have to listen to us, too. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely. You definitely have to listen to us. And a lot of workers don't have three, $270 to $300 Every, every nine every 90 days like you know that adds days. up you no know, you no know, real real quick and it's like i know for myself a couple times like i had to wait till i got my income tax to and take out the money yeah. strictly to take the exam because right, you know, pay, pay, <laughs> paycheck to paycheck like got rent and kids and yeah I that stuff so it's like so a lot of people don't 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 gotta like that to be be spending on a damn damn exam that, that's culturally biased right and what are they doing all this money anyway like the ceo of asw me makes three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year why <laughs> not trying to count somebody else's pockets but what are you how is she getting that money she's getting that money from all these retake fees three hundred dollars every time you take an exam you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people taking an exam multiple times throughout the year it's just it's it's becoming more predatory than anything to me. No, it's definitely extremely predatory. Sure, I had a, a social work professor, you know, God rest his soul. They eat something. It's they just it's just a money grab. It's just it a is. system money, money grab. grab. System. It's all it's just the the money. So it's and it, and it's true. I'm, I'm living proof. It took the damn it. They got over a thousand dollars of my money. So it was like right. <laughs> it's difficult, and it's like this is how. We maintain our lives. It's how we feed our children. And they're just, you know, like I said, it's extremely predatory. So hopefully, you know, some legislations are coming into coming into to play. We can be able to make some changes or be able to, you know, kind of force their hand because, you know, they're resisting on it. If everyone else is opposing it and, they, you know, and they're resisting on it, then it's, it's only for so 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 many more days or months or years that they can say, you know, we're not changing it. We have to apply pressure. So that's what we're doing. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And and the uh, NASW, like you no, know, they keep flip flopping too. On like they're like, yeah. oh, we're not we you no know, with the interstate compact by like, oh, we we don't want the exam be part of the compact. Then they're like, oh, we we're gonna have the <laughs> the, the exam be part of the compact state yeah there's uh like i think was it is it philly is it pennsylvania new jersey and new york they can they're interchangeable is that what that was well i i don't know i don't know what states exactly like are or like the beginning states sign so up obviously they want like all the states to be a part of it but there's like seven states that okay. like agree to it but like, like there was a whole debate on whether to add have like the the exam be part of like the criteria for it like you have to pass in order to to yeah. be licensed all all the states and then they were like yes and they're like no it was they're like no they were like yes so it was like it's all these different things it's like y'all need to have a clear a clear message for for us like we're looking at you guys like you're like the top we don't we don't it's like yeah, the NASW of Illinois and the New York City and New York State chapter is doing better work than the actual like national chapter and right. 
And I know I know they changed the CEO recently, and and I thought the I thought the president was resigning, but she's still doing right doing she, stuff. I don't know the hierarchy of how they do things. <laughs> it's getting a little. I think that that what they're gonna do, and I think that they're gonna treat it like just like how the media treats it. I think that they're gonna try to let it blow over and see, you know, they you know just let it ride, and you know maybe we'll forget about it. So I think that's the route that they're trying to go to, but. No, man. Well, Mr. E Street, the, the new CEO of the NASW, he's talk, he's talking a good game. Like he's like actually listening, and and he yeah. was he was at the Millennial Social Work Conference oh, talking talk, talk, talk a, a a good game, and he he he, he found he following me on LinkedIn and, and on Twitter, so he got yeah. the he got the open invitation already to come on the podcast. So that would be nice. That'll be nice. So, I'll definitely, definitely tune in for that. <laughs> so, so let let so let's see. If, you know me. Obviously, we got to give him some time, and I'm sure there's a lot of Make some changes. A lot of changes that need happening. So it's is just give it give it some time. But there's a lot of work, but mm-hmm. all across the board, and and it's like NASW ASWB got the the CSW whatever the hell they they call. Like all of them, like in, in cahoots with each other, and it's like we need yeah. to get it, need to get it together. We can't have it. It's great the the local chapters are are, are trying to do something and, and and galvanize the movement, and just us, like you mentioned, us the social workers, like we see it, we've been seeing it, we've been advocating for ourselves for for a while like hey this test is biased and have any data to back it up now that we have the data to back it up it's a fair game now it's like all right what are we gonna do and then, and then it's like 20 like then it's like since I, I feel like since like the pandemic started it is like oh look what you could do with with just an msw without the license and it's like that that's a whole conversation and then like the the macro is really kind of like yeah. become becoming more more noticeable now and then it is like the whole corporate social work and is going away with the the direct practice a lot of social workers are, are are leaving and I know I did you know during the pandemic I kind of stirred away from the direct practice piece because I was burnt out I worked in a hospital inpatient the oh, entire man. so I was I was burnt out. I was tired. I was like, yeah, I, I understand why people are, you know, trying to do other things. And that's why I went to the macro side as well. So the pandemic definitely made a shift within social work. Um, and it's making it, you know, we're we're learning that we can do our jobs virtually. We can do our jobs without the burnout. We can do our jobs without, you know, someone, you know, on our backs every day. The jobs we're getting done during the pandemic and it can get done after the pandemic and it's making a shift it's making a huge shift within social work like medical social work used to be like a really big go-to really good money maker they pay social workers so well within the hospitals but you can't get social workers in the hospitals to save to save their lives in this area because the pandemic just it it took a it took a toll on us and with inpatient social work, you cannot telework. You have to be there front and center. Mm. So the pandemic definitely made a shift within the, within the profession. And I think it's a good shift to show these companies and these agencies that, you know, we're valued. No, no, of course. 
Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the pandemic and and like tell me tell me more or tell the listeners viewers know tell me more about what you were your role in the um, during the pandemic and what was that what was that like for you? So for me, I was an inpatient social worker. So during the pandemic, I worked um, at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. It's the military base that kind of just does all the congressmen, the president. Um, it's a very, very huge military hospital in this area. And so I worked there full time and it was it was tough. It was really, really tough. Um, you know, we had uh, work workers that passed away from COVID. We had, you know, we were unable to telework because they wanted us to be there. They said we were essential staff. So we had to be there every day. It was it was rough. It was really hard. Um they tried to implement telework and then they'll they'll give it to us and they'll take it away. Then they'll give it to us and they'll take it away. And it was just a lot of back and forth and it was just really it was really tough and it was really tough on me and my and, and my mental health you know so many people were dying i was working at the icu some people were dying left and right left and right and nobody knew would be the end of what we called the pandemic it was just mm-hmm. it was tough it was tough on me and i said you know my for myself i wanted to move to more of a more of a macro role and also for me, I felt like medical social work was just too easy. Like I said in the at the brunch, like you know, you have to realize when it's time for you to transition into something different when you come in, becoming more complacent in your role. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I said I could do my job with my eyes closed. I needed to do something different because it was just becoming it was coming too routine. It was becoming you know, all right, I can do I can do my job you know within an in an hour, not eight hours uh, eight hour day. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something different. So I transitioned into public health. And so now I'm a public health advisor um, for health and human services. And I do the more macro side. So I provide um, grant assistance and project assistance for different agencies um, in the Midwest um, with substance abuse grants that are given to us, given to them by our agency. So I transitioned into something different. I had to do something because I was going to drive myself crazy. <laughs> I was going to drive myself crazy. And the burnout was real. The pandemic burnt me. Like The pandemic like wore me out. I was no. worn out. So I needed to do something different. No. Um, and my, my condolences for, for you going through, through all that. Um, I don't know how many people... I have told you that. Have <laughs> even told you that I offered condolences because yeah. people. I, if I if I tell people like that, that's what like I tell people all the time. Like, look, I lost like ten clients from pandemic. Lost my mom during the same time period. Like, I was like, be <laughs> like by the time like twenty, like last year came. Like, I was like working in the school was like the school like <laughs> was the trigger for me. That was like yeah. nope. That's is a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so it's like, and and that's why like I bring in more like to attention. Like we've been out in the field for all this time. Like during the the pandemic, doing all all these different things, try to you know still be there for our clients and risking our health and risking our lives. It's like 
the least you could do is like cancel our loans and, and yeah, like, that's the least you could do. I'm still waiting. I'm <laughs> hoping that they figure something out because I I haven't paid my student loans in three years and I got two more years left before I'm done. So I'm like I'm trying to hold off as long as possible. No, for no, for real, and it's like. Yeah. Is, is, is a lot and then there's many of us out there and like our, our voices need to be be told and like share our stories like look this is what we we went through like leave mm-hmm. like leave me leave me the hell alone pay me what I'm worth and it's like like I'm doing I'm doing the best the best I best I can like we we still struggling the this quote-unquote post pandemic era whatever that Ever you want to call it because you no know, COVID still out there and well, got monkeypox and we got like <sighs> like cold and flu season. Just weather don't know what wants to do. Yeah, RSV. The the weather's crazy. Got snowing in California and it's like 60, 70 degrees in the DMV area one one week and it's like 30 something the next week and it's like you don't know how to dress just to go to work and it's it's okay. it's there's a lot going going on. A lot going on for sure, absolutely. So no, trying to get it, trying to get something going. Yes. Yeah, so, so how did so how did you tra- tra- transition into that for like you no know, MSW students who 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 are listening or people that are trying to uh you know, change a role and don't you know, people are always like when they do the job search it's just like social worker or, or like right, case management and it's like that, right so um at the brunch I really talked about how um social workers in so many different roles they just don't have the title as social worker um and so I say to a different people look outside the box look outside the box of the things that you want to do there's so many different roles that have social work impl- Im- Im- embedded in the the duties and, and the things that they do on a day-to-day basis is just not the title so try to look into the things that you want to do and the types of people that you want to work with instead of looking at it from a title perspective i also think that um using utilizing LinkedIn, LinkedIn services is really the best way to find these um out of out of the box roles for social workers. Uh, like I said, social workers are being hired in so many different um avenues like agencies, avenues like Walmart is hiring social workers, Best Buy is hiring social workers. These companies and these agencies are recognizing that social work and that mental health is vital to keep your employees, keep your employees happy, keep your mm-hmm. employees, you know, satisfied. You know, we have to have this type of work-life balance. And so I encourage people all the time to look outside the box when looking for roles and positions um, for your career. And so for me, my background was strictly in medical social work. And so I was looking for more macro positions. And so when I found these macro positions, I had to really kind of change my resume around. I had to change my resume around to really reflect that, you know, although I've only had this experience as an inpatient medical social worker, my skills are transferable. So for me, I had to show, you know, my employer that, you know, hey, you know, I know from an inside perspective of how these agencies work. I know from a like from a from a micro or from a, you know, I actually have my boots on the ground to mm-hmm. actually 
know the things that they're doing and why these programs are not being implemented properly or why, you know, what are the deterrents of why the pro the spending is not being done properly, things that I'm on the, I've been on the other side of that. So I can be able to help them and help these agencies in my role now on the more macro side, I can be able to see the problems that they're having and, you know, issues that they're having within their programs and help them from, you know, with my knowledge of being a micro or direct practice social worker. So that's what I did. I really had to just prove myself and show that my skills are transferable. And once you'll be able to prove that your skills are transferable, you can do literally anything with the MSW. Like, what would be a good example of like, like you're doing something like you know, in case management or like I know case management, there's a lot of um, you know, do like project you no know, management type type of roles like like I, i'm still learning like the the ways to use my transferable skills into doing like other stuff and i've seen a lot of social workers you know talking about that like given like for, for like the for baby social workers or or MSW, like, like give an example like how how they could use their transferable skills so say, for instance, if you're a caseworker, your case, you're working in case management, you're managing a caseload of however many people, um, you know, making sure that they're doing and doing X amount of things or project management, meaning like you're making sure that they're, you know, ha have the resources that they need, that you are making sure that <clears throat> your documentation and the way that you document is, is appropriate. It's the same thing when you're working on the macro side. You can be able to handle, you know, a caseload of 30 to 60 or 100. You could be able to manage a grant caseload of the same amount you know it's just you how else can I say to 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 transition your skills making sure that you have those interpersonal skills with different agencies when you're in a macro role you are sometimes in a liaison for different agencies within the community so being able to show that you can maintain those relationships um you know with different agencies like as an inpatient medical social worker you maintain those uh relationships with different agencies for your for your patients so what's the difference between maintaining and growing those relationships with different agencies in the community it's literally the same things you just have to show that although the role is different it's seemingly the same and the same way that I can apply these skills here, I can apply them in a macro setting. It's just all about how you interview, all about how you prove to your, prove to your interviewers that although you may not have the direct, um, you know, uh, experience, you're willing to learn, you're willing to be able to transition into something different. That's what that's all I tell people all the time. When I do my career consulting, I make sure I say, you know, if you could do this, you can do that. And I just make sure I, I show the parallel between the two things that you're mm. especially with on your resume. So cool. Um so I'm losing my train <laughs> thought I had a question that popped out of my head. Uh, oh, the um, the clinical supervision. Like, what what are you like seeing in terms of like people that you supervise? Like, what what are they struggling with? Um, 
Um, so I provide clinical social work supervision for social workers in DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So the biggest things that I think that a lot of social workers that I work with, um, they lack, I'm not gonna say they lack it, but the confidence in making those decisions, um, making sure that they're being ethical and um, making sure they're being appropriate, not appropriate, but just making sure they're following the rules of their social work ethics Mm-hmm. as well as the rules of their agencies and governing body of their job. That's the biggest thing that I see with a lot of the people that I work with is that, you know, you you have your social work ethics, you have your social work values, mm-hmm. and then you have the values of the agencies where you work from. And sometimes those values do not... No, they don't match at all. <laughs> right? So in order to stay true and ethical, you know, you have to make those tough decisions. And those are some of the things that I see a lot of my supervisees have problems with, um, you know, maintaining the so their social work ethics as well as the ethics of their agencies and the governing body of where they work. So that's the biggest thing that I see kind of like an issue, not an issue, but the dilemmas and the problems and the things that we talk about. Yeah, yeah, that that's and I think I think that's more of an issue, even more of an issue now within the pandemic because there's so much has happened in terms of like states doing different things and then like the government, the federal government on the federal side is doing different things and sometimes federal and, and states they they clashing and it's like these agencies are kind of like fending on their own like like what to do they kind of stuck in a limbo and trying to provide you know you know services and provide funding or or try to advocate for, for more funding at least from the state level to from the federal level and it's like federal's like we ain't got it or mm-hmm. or they they give you a little bit and you're expecting such and such amount and it's like the, sometimes the funding is not there to provide these resources mm-hmm. even though they they got money like Tupac said they got money for war but can't feed the poor so it's like yes okay <laughs> definitely right definitely speaking volumes 30 35 years later <laughs> and, it, and it's still so so true that's how I wish he was still alive like because he probably he probably would be like running for congress or something <laughs> <laughs> I can see him be. I can see him being president over uh, Trump. <laughs> so yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm on the same page. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk about your your, your brand because I know that's another thing that people like people trying to get into, like building their their personal brands, building business brands. Like you know, you mentioned how you got some, but. Tell like more like more about how do you try to get yourself out there people like get, like I, I I see you on, on IG and like you're like out there you're doing things and like you know you're doing you did the talk at at the brunch and like people like knew who you were oh, I follow you and like and you got a planner out and you got the the dope, the dope hoodie that the hoodie was fire I was like oh snap like thank you thank you, thank you. um so entrepreneurship is something that I'm like super super new to um you know you and, you and me both <laughs> very, very um so I'm I'm still learning day by day but I've built my brand off of genuine relationships I say this all the time I build my brand off of genuine relationships I build my brand off of my work ethic 
people knowing that I'm a great social worker in the community and they're speaking for me. That's that's literally how my brand got to where it is today is because people know the type of work ethic that I have and the knowledge base that I have and that I'm very I'm extremely resourceful. So for me, um, because I, I do, I struggle with like, you know, I'm very introverted, very, you know, I talk when, you know, when I'm being asked, I'm not a, a bro. You could have fooled me from the brunch. <laughs> super, super extroverted. I had to pull myself out of that. And you know what, you know, it was so funny because my parents, my parents really helped me. My parents are not introverted so they helped me out and their personalities brought out like the little the little me on the inside <laughs> that wants to you know be more extroverted and talking to people but but yeah so for me what built my brand was genuine relationships I tell people this all the time I get it like you know the the reels and the posts and all of that stuff it could be cumbersome it could be stressful so like I said people know about me through literally through word of mouth mm -hmm. my my colleagues my friends my family really boosted up my my brand to where it is today and hopefully you know I can get bigger and better um but yeah that's that's simply what I what's simply what I've done uh for me and then I also created a social work supervision planner um, for people who are in their, um, their supervision stages, you know, after getting their license or even they have their MSW trying to attain their clinical license, I created like a tool, um, and a general, you know, planner to be able to document all the things that they're learning in supervision and giving them topics to talk about in supervision, making sure they're, um, you know, they're setting their goals and uh, they are attaining them and they know how exactly to attain those goals. So that's something that I, that's the reason why I wanted to create the social work supervision planner to create a central place where you can house your documents, all the things that your, your supervisors had to sign and then you also have your, um, you know, everything that you're writing down in supervision, the different topics that you're having. You can go back and say, hey, we talked about this. This is what we she told us that I should do in this moment. You can go back and things like that. And then mm -hmm. you don't realize that when you are, when you're getting your social work supervision um, and you're trying to get your license, you can become audited. And so they need to figure out, well, what are y'all talking about? What are y'all, what were y'all discussing in, in supervision? And you have that house. Mm -hmm. So. That's dope. Yeah. And, uh, what the, the hoodies that you have, what, like how, like, who do you use? Like, I don't know if you want to give all, all the, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a, I have a family friend of mine. Um, she owns a brand, um, called I rep. And I can give you that information too. Okay. You put it on your um on on your your podcast and the details. Um, she does all of my uh, hoodies and she does my fulfillment and she is amazing, amazing black woman. Um, and you know the quality of her work, I really love and enjoy. So uh, I make sure that I you know put her out there and I'm you know have my uh my shirts that she's helped me with my design and things of that nature so i have a few they'll be launching very very soon so if you want to um tell people you can put it on there will be on my website for purchase oh, awesome looking forward to that yeah 
that's so the the hoodie really like stood out like oh it's like, it's like the quality like and the the logo like your dad had the hoodie on it was like it, it really popped it really popped popped out and I was like oh that's that's the first thing I noticed like even even before like the planner is and, you know, oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much I really do appreciate that and yes they'll be on sale soon so very very soon I had a few to sell to kind of just you know get a feel of what people like and what they yeah. don't like and we only had one we only had one left <laughs> left so I'm glad that everybody really enjoyed it and liked it and so I'm, I'm definitely gonna come out with more soon yeah because I'm I, you know, just uh myself trying to you know selling t-shirts at, at the at the brunch okay. as well so I was like trying to like it's time consuming it's like I pick out and it's like certain things and like the material and it's like sometimes it's gotta be like <laughs> this is this is even work and yeah. font size and like sizes and it's and then you it's get the shirt then Those you get the awesome. shirts and it's like it look <laughs> why it looks so small right. <laughs> those are all the things you have to go through are you are you misspelling you like like not not detail oriented and is that like you get the shirt like i misspelled the word and i gotta reorder <laughs> right right and it's only your fault because you didn't yeah, catch exactly <laughs> this all just like that about being an entrepreneur that exactly. is exactly just... yeah no, no, and, and that and that's so true, but that that's just part of part of the journey, and, and kind of like the thinking outside the box mentality that you know we we have to do, like because mm-hmm. just that direct practice, like you said, burn us out, and like just social work in general, like yeah, there's great roles out there, and like using the transferable skills to do other things, and we need to somehow stop trading time for money and like we could be doing so many other different things and branding and, and but all, at the same time with, with like building personal brands and, and selling shirts and stuff like that like especially starting out, out too as an entrepreneur is like all that costs money is that like you don't you gotta put your own money in if you ain't got it then like you got <laughs> gotta not making sales then like you seeing red like yeah you can write it off right off the losses at the end of the year but you gotta like it's tough when you're first starting out yeah it's tough but you can make it anybody can do it and i think that once you put your mind to it the possibilities are limitless so entrepreneurship is something that has been a challenge for me but i'm enjoying it and i'm learning every day yeah, so you, 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 like I said, you, you and me both. I'm learning every day, and this is a great platform, though. I definitely, I listen to you, and I really like what you're doing as well. So, well, thank you, thank you for having me on, on on your podcast. I would love to come back another day. <laughs> yeah, if you got something else got us going on, and yeah, by 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 all means, because we need to provide this education for. Even for for the seasoned folks like like myself, we've been in the field for a while and kind of like trying to you know transition because you know I've been in the field for a while and it's like the body can only handle so so yeah. much more wearing wear and tear. So it's like if I could do something without and using my skills without putting more wear and tear on my body, then I, I'm I'm all for it. So it's right. like and for the baby social workers too, for those that. And their BSWs and the MSWs now, and just 
learning because the field is constantly changing. I kind of feel sometimes like we almost like the beginning of like a civil war in social work. Yeah. Right? We got because we right. got like you need to get your license, and then we got a whole bunch of people's well, like no, <laughs> oh I don't need it, and it's like I'm doing this work and analogy. I get this money. That was a good analogy. <laughs> I like that. And then we got oh. like the 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 corporate social work trying to get in there, and then it's like and and just people in general like. I wish I had like the knowledge now that when I got my, my degree in 2010, I was like, oh, you could do this, you could do this. Because I was so geared and, and the school was like so geared or like you need to take a test and like pass it. And like, and I was like thought into getting into more clinical and doing direct practice in terms of therapy or whatever at the time. And it's like, and then I did it, and I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you feel differently once you get into it, and that's the thing. That's the good thing about being a social worker is that you're not just stuck into one realm. Mm. It's so many different realms you can get into. I know some people who have went from medical social worker to to school social worker to jail, working in the prisons working in dialysis. I'm telling you, you can do anything. That's one thing I love about the profession is that you're not stuck in the box. If one mm. thing doesn't work out for you or whatever the case is, you can move on to the next. I, I, absolutely. I, I'm living proof of that. I started it, child welfare and then mental health, like severely mentally ill, like going to state hospitals, seeing clients in the hospital and counting pills and make sure they're taking the medications and collaborating with psychiatrists and and therapists and, and court mandated clients to HIV and housing to doing like mental health therapy outpatient and, and then anything with housing that. and and, and you know, medical social work with spinal cord injured adults to working with kids and juveniles a little bit and and now back with HIV diagnosed adults again in, in a hospital outpatient setting now so it's like you are the prototype I'm yes <laughs> so i i know i've like, say i have done almost everything you can do it too so yes. yeah and school social work on top of that too so i like i did that so it's like and i'm not knock on wood i do not want to go back <laughs> you know and it's so crazy because some people like they love they love it yeah they can't they don't want to do anything else so it all just depends that you you don't know what you like and what you don't like if you don't let's you try it at least try it like mm -hmm. even if you quit, did two weeks and you quit like at least like you know right. it's not for you you just like all right, right. so right. Just, just try it out so what what's next what's next for you um, so I'm going to come out. So I'm actually sold out of all my planners. So I'm coming out with a 2023 uh, version of my new supervision um, planner. Um, I have digital copies available on my site. Um, I'm going to start moving more so into the CEU room and starting to provide CEUs, um, you know, for the people in this area so that, you know, something inexpensive and or free, um, those are, that's some of the things that I'm really kind of just working on for myself right now is that I'm working on a new planner. I'm working on um, just building my brand, getting my brand more out there, um, going to more conferences, just 
you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone. So that's my goal for 2023. Step outside of my comfort zone um, while maintaining and, and building up my brand as bold black social worker. So those are some of the things that I'm going to be working on this year. Uh, that, that, that That's dope. That's, you know, some great stuff is, is, is happening. No. Wish you the best of luck. I'll, I'll be continuing to follow it and uh, I'll be, I'll be, seeing you soon i don't know there's a, an, yes. event, an event coming yes, up we'll as a... be there. we will be there We're gonna shout, have a shout, shout out to, to joy brit the, yes. the joy of social work uh, yes. doing a whole tour like yes forget yes. Be, forget beyonce that. tickets i tell her right, all the time right. like forget right. beyonce right. tickets you need to go check out george selling out <laughs> selling out vips right. <laughs> I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good turnout. So I'm excited to, to come. And I, I told her, I told her straight up, like I'm, I'm, like I'm not going back home to New York. I'm going to see you in the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so you've been in the DMV one. Okay, cool. That, that's that's only because she did it on a Saturday. If she did the New York event on a Saturday, I would have went. <laughs> Got you. But, I guess. Yeah, anyway. I will see you there. I'm excited, and thanks again for having me. I really do appreciate it. No, and of course, uh, any time. Thank you.